0: $300 billion in liabilities. Chinese real estate company Evergrande filed for bankruptcy protection in the U.S. Companies covering 40% of Chinese home sales have defaulted. And flooding continues in southern China. Torrents washing people away and streets turned to rivers. President Biden hosting two treaty allies, Japan and South Korea, today. A 1st standalone summit between the three powers. What message is it sending to China? Welcome to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. China's economy is crumbling with property giant Evergrande now filing for bankruptcy protection in a U.S. court. It's adding to investors' growing fears about China's property debt crisis and its overall economy.
1: Evergrande was once China's top-selling developer, but is now the world's most indebted property company. It has more than $300 billion in liabilities. Evergrande has sought protection under Chapter 15 of the U.S. Bankruptcy Code. It shields non-U.S. companies undergoing restructurings from creditors that hope to sue them or tie up assets in the U.S. Evergrande declined to comment. The company's offshore debt restructuring involves a total of $31.7 billion. It will meet with its creditors later this month to discuss its restructuring proposal. A number of Chinese property developers have defaulted on their offshore debt obligations, leaving in its wake unfinished homes, plunging sales and battered investor confidence. The property sector makes up about a quarter of the economy. The crisis has led to a contagion risk, which could further hurt a Chinese economy already weakened by slower growth.
0: Taiwan-based China affairs analyst Edward Huang says it's impossible for Evergrande to declare bankruptcy in China because the Chinese regime will not allow it. But its situation in China is so bad that it's already bankrupt. Brian McCarthy, chief strategist at MicroLens, calls Evergrande dead man walking.
2: I don't think it really has any bearing on how we should view Evergrande, which is dead man walking for many, many months now.
0: He added foreign investors might be able to get a tiny part of what they invested back. The
2: offshore creditors again are, I don't know, five or ten cents on the dollar. I I think the recovery value is going to be very, very low.
0: And to investors in China, McCarthy says they will try to get their money out of China, triggering a huge financial outflow. There's a loss. Now everybody realizes the loss. Nobody wants to get stuck with it. The
2: only way to avoid getting stuck with some portion of it is to get out of RMB into dollars, right? So, you know, this, this uh, urgency to move money offshore is, is going to reach extreme levels.
0: McCarthy says if the Chinese Communist Party cannot sort out the property markets, it is a one-way train to hard times for the Chinese economy. And it's not just Evergrande. Country Garden, once China's largest property developer, is now also heavily in debt. This is triggering fresh contagion fears for China's $60 trillion
3: worth of property sector. Cash flow problems in China's real estate sector has some investors worried. They're concerned it could spill over into multiple sectors of the country's economy. Country Garden was China's largest property developer before this year but it's now enduring a debt crisis, while one of China's top asset managers with major real estate exposure is also struggling. Zhongrong, a subsidiary of Zhongji Enterprise Group, has missed some repayment obligations, prompting investors to protest outside of its building in Beijing. The state of these firms has fueled worries the country's real estate woes may affect its $57 trillion financial industry. It has also highlighted the potential of outsized exposure of China's three trillion dollar shadow banking sector to the property sector. Gary M is a senior economist at Natixis.
4: As long as the um, problem in the cash flow of developers are not solved, it's possible to see more uh, credit events uh, like this um, here and there across the shadow banking sector.
3: Since the sector's debt crisis unfolded in mid-2021, Companies accounting for 40% of Chinese home sales have defaulted. Most of them were private property developers. It has led to many unfinished homes, unpaid suppliers and creditors. Those creditors are not only financial institutions, but also ordinary people who bought wealth management products linked to trust financing. China's property sector accounts for more than half of global new home sales and home building, with an estimated market value of around $62
0: and flooding continues in china in southern china's guangdong province heavy rain hit the city of Dongguang on friday video shared on social media show water pouring into an underground parking lot and a man being washed away streets are turned into rivers with cars and refrigerators floating on top since the end of july heavy rain has led flooding in a number of provinces in northern china on top of that, some local authorities caused even more damage by releasing excess floodwater from local reservoirs without warning residents. Millions of Chinese people are impacted by the floods. For the first time ever, President Biden is hosting a standalone summit with leaders from Japan and South Korea at Camp David in Maryland. Beijing is lashing out with Chinese state media accusing the three countries of forming a mini NATO. NTD's Iris Tell brings us the highlights. This is a historic moment as U.S., Japan, and South
5: Korea came together to hold their first ever standalone summit. And this is also the first time that President Biden has hosted foreign leaders at Camp David, which is a rustic mountain retreat in Maryland where a lot of important diplomatic moments happened in history. And today, as we are facing this rising threat from China, President Biden vowed to start this new era of trilateral cooperation with Japan and South Korea to bolster security. Here's what he said during their meetings.
4: As we begin this new era of cooperation and renew our resolve to serve as a force of good across the Indo-Pacific and quite frankly around the world as well.
5: So later in the afternoon they held a trilateral press conference in the woods of Camp David and while there they announced that these three countries are going to have a new security agreement in which they're going to consult each other if and when a crisis happens in the Pacific region. So that's a new thing. They're also announcing new military exercises every year as well as annual meetings among their leaders among a variety of other items to cooperate on of course. But this is not a mutual defense agreement like NATO. But China does not see it that way, with Beijing already accusing these three leaders of trying to start a mini-NATO in the Pacific region. The White House this morning denied that, and President Biden said during the press conference that this whole summit was not about China, but he said that China did come up and the leaders expressed concerns about China's economic coercion, as well as the tensions that it's creating in the, in the Pacific region. And here's what else he said.
4: Watch. And today, We've all reaffirmed our shared commitment to maintaining peace and stability in the Taiwan Straits and addressing addressing economic coercion. Together, we're going to stand up for international law, freedom of navigation, and the peaceful resolution of disputes in the South China Sea.
5: And the joint statement issued by the three countries afterwards also directly called out China's, quote, dangerous and aggressive behavior in the South China Sea. And they again affirmed the importance of peace in the Taiwan Strait. So it's pretty significant how South Korea and Japan actually came together to have this direct mention of China in their statement, especially given how much their economies actually depend on trade with China. Reporting from the
0: White House, Aris Tao, TD News. A success for China hawks, a Florida law barring Chinese citizens from buying homes in the state, will remain in place. A group of Chinese living in Florida wanted to overturn the law, but a U.S. judge denied their request. The law
2: bans any citizens in adversary countries from purchasing land or buildings in Florida. Those designated as countries of concern include China, Russia, Iran, North Korea and others. If a Chinese person is naturalized or has a green card, he isn't subject to this limitation. The law went into effect last month. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis says it will help protect Americans from the influence of the Chinese Communist Party. DeSantis signed the law in May. Right after that, a group of Chinese citizens filed a counter lawsuit. They claimed the law violates the U.S. Constitution and the Federal Fair Housing Act, which prohibits housing discrimination based on race and national origin. Judge Ellen Windsor said on Thursday the ban is based only on citizenship, meaning it could apply to individuals who are not originally from China but have Chinese citizenship so it doesn't discriminate based on the basis of any protected traits.
0: In response to Xi's so-called be-patient appeal, investors have sold $7.4 billion worth of Chinese stocks, despite the state councils promising a better investment environment. Hong Kong Stock Connect trading scheme released this data. China's stock market is facing the biggest depression in decades. Chinese stock deals in the U.S. have dropped from 3.4 billion to 200 million dollars, hitting the lowest point in 17 years. And this case is not isolated. Chinese deals are also showing weakness among other major countries like the U.K., Germany, and Australia. The managing director of China's Beige Book sheds light on why companies aren't buying up Beijing's promises anymore.
6: Political risk is a term that gets thrown around all the time. Companies need to become very, very serious about how they assess their risk.
0: On the political front, tensions are worsening between the U.S. and China. And China's rising threats to Taiwan are concerning to the global
6: economy. And with the new law changes that are taking place, it's only going to get more and more difficult.
0: President Biden's sanctions on high-tech investment to China also hinders the flow. This year, U.S. direct investment to China is seeing its lowest point in two decades. Discussions about China's plunging fertility rate are making the CCP censors nervous. A related hashtag became the top trend on Chinese social media platform Weibo before it was wiped from the internet. Here's more.
2: New data is out on China's fertility rate and it's looking grim. The number hit a record low of 1.09 in 2022. Fertility rate measures the number of births per woman. Now, China's fertility rate is among the world's lowest, alongside South Korea, Taiwan and Singapore. The news climbed to the top of social media searches before it got censored. David Wong, an economics expert, says the data indicates China is becoming an aging society. He said it's concerning
1: unlike Japan South Korea and America China doesn't really have an influx of immigrants also the country's social security system is not doing well it's lacking in many regards like pension medical care health care and social benefits programs the Chinese regime doesn't really help much in the United States the government gives out a lot of aid for education and medical services
2: for the past three decades Beijing allowed most Chinese couples to have only one child The Chinese regime dropped its one-child policy in 2016. But birth rates are not picking up. That's despite the CCP encouraging couples to have more children. A women's rights activist told NTD that there's a lack of trust in the Chinese regime right
0: now. When they thought there were too many people, they pushed for the one-child policy and even forced some women to abort their second babies. Even if citizens are glad to see that authorities are not forcing them to abort their babies, how can you guarantee that they won't switch their policies tomorrow?
2: The high costs for childcare are also making couples think twice about having more children. China tops the chart when it comes to childcare costs, A report last year ranked the country as the second most expensive place to raise a kid globally, following South Korea.
0: A group of countries are set to challenge the U.S.-led world order, and they will hold their 15th government summit in South Africa next week. Let's dive in.
4: Leaders of countries that account for more than a quarter of the global economy are set to meet in South Africa. Up for discussion at the BRICS summit starting on August 22nd, how to turn this loose club of nations into a geopolitical force capable of challenging the West's dominance in global affairs. BRICS stands for Brazil, Russia, India, China and South Africa. The leaders of those countries will be in physical attendance, with one notable exception. That's Russian President Vladimir Putin, who faces an international arrest warrant over alleged war crimes in Ukraine, though he is expected to attend virtually. Few details have emerged about what BRICS leaders plan to discuss. However, expansion is expected to be high on the agenda. Some 40 nations have shown an interest in joining, either formally or informally, officials have said including Saudi Arabia, Argentina, and Egypt. However, there could be tensions. China wants to enlarge BRICS quickly as it tussles with the United States for geopolitical influence. Brazil is resisting, fearing the already unwieldy club could see its stature diluted. Russia is keen to bring in new members as it seeks friends amid its diplomatic isolation over Ukraine. Its most important African ally, South Africa, is on the same page. India is on the fence. What unites the bloc, though, is scepticism about a world order they see as serving the interests of the United States and its rich country allies. BRICS nations are keen to project themselves as alternative development partners to the West. The bloc's New Development Bank wants to de dollarize finance and offer an alternative to the IMF and the World Bank. However, it's only approved $33 billion of loans in nearly a decade. That's about a third of the amount the World Bank committed to disbursing just last year. The NDB has also been hobbled by sanctions on Russia. South African officials say talk of a BRICS currency, mooted by Brazil earlier this year as an alternative to dollar dependence, is off Looking the table.
6: Development of BRICS.
4: Nevertheless, South Africa's Foreign Minister Nelendi Pandor has said BRICS wants to show leadership, particularly in terms of the development and inclusion of the global south in multilateral systems. The theme of the Johannesburg summit is BRICS and Africa. That emphasizes how the bloc can build ties on a continent increasingly becoming a theater for competition between world powers.
0: Coming up, how does China's floundering property sector impact America? Indebted Chinese property giant Evergrande now filing for bankruptcy protection in New York. What's at stake in U.S.-China ties? We hear from a geopolitical expert and publisher for more. More details after the break here on China In Focus. Welcome back to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. China's economic woes seeping into the U.S. With Chinese property giant Evergrande filing for bankruptcy protection in New York, what does this mean for the world's second largest economy and for U.S.-China ties? We hear from Anders Kor, geopolitical expert and publisher of the Journal of Political Risk, for more. Anders Kor, thank you so much for joining us. Great to have you back on the show. Thank you. There's been a lot of news about the indebted real estate giant Evergrande in China, and now it's filed for Chapter 15 bankruptcy in New
6: York. How big of a deal is this? It's a pretty big deal. People have been expecting this kind of a thing. Uh, the creditors will have been negotiating for years with Evergrande about getting their money back. Um, but it is definitely a big deal. Um, there's also Country Garden that is, owes a major debt.
0: And to your point too, it seems another trust company, Zhongrong, also missed two payments. So now a lot of investors are worried there could be a potential Lehman Brothers moment for China. What are your thoughts on that?
6: It's definitely a tricky point. Uh, The Beijing government um, actually didn't even release some data that it normally releases on youth unemployment. So when when the regime stops releasing data about its economy, you know, it must be pretty bad.
0: And on that note, it seems exports from China are down, hitting a low point. And we talked about deflation recently. But in terms of Evergrande filing for bankruptcy protection in the U.S., why aren't they filing for this in China?
6: Uh, They are looking for uh, protection from U.S. creditors um, in dollar markets, offshore uh, debt markets. Um, from seizing up their assets. So if you've got a creditor, a U.S. creditor, or any creditor in the U.S. In the US dollar markets um, that has a claim on Evergrande because Evergrande defaulted, um, in order for Evergrande to stay liquid and for there to be an orderly uh, debt restructuring process, uh, you need to go basically in front of a, a judge where the Evergrande lawyers and the creditor lawyers will argue their points and to come to some kind of an agreement to have an orderly uh, an orderly bankruptcy essentially where different creditors get paid depend, depending on their seniority. Um, and that's that's exactly what's going on. So I think there may be there, there isn't really much coverage on this, but I think there may be um, a, a back uh, behind the scenes situation where um, US creditors, are essentially potentially competing against Chinese creditors in China um, for uh, you know to get to get uh, seniority in terms of um, pay, getting paid back um, because not everyone's going to be paid back. There's going to be uh, probably billions of dollars that are lost to creditors.
0: And it seems there's also some reports noting, given how big Evergrande was as one of the giant property developers in China, that there's also some political implications if it is allowed to go bankrupt inside China. What's your take on that?
6: That's a, I mean it's a good question. I don't I don't um, I definitely think that there are major political issues that are being dealt with here. It, it makes China look bad that such a large company is going down, that the state isn't stepping in to make it whole. Um, and it also raises questions about whether Xi Jinping and the Chinese Communist Party is allowing the Evergrande failure in part to show a failure of capitalism. Because of course, the Communist government is anti-capitalist, and Evergrande and Country Gardens and other, others, other of these major companies um, are capitalist companies companies. They work on market principles. And these are things that Xi Jinping and the Chinese Communist Party have explicitly come out against. Um, So they may be using these bankruptcies to prove to the world or to themselves or to their people uh, that capitalism doesn't work, and they need a more socialist or communist system in their country.
0: In terms of this world's second largest economy, how is that impacting U.S.-China
6: ties? It's making uh, investors really think twice. I mean, more than think twice. They're actually they've actually stopped uh, investment, major investments in China. Um, there's just a few examples now of investments, but um, IPOs have slowed down. Uh, major foreign direct investment has slowed down. Import exports have slowed down. People aren't relying on China as much for supply chains. I mean, everyone in the world, in the major economies. Uh, You know, the United States, European economies, Japan, South Korea, is trying to decouple or de risk, depending, it's basically the same thing um, from the Chinese economy. They don't trust that their money is safe in China anymore. They can't, I mean, you can't even, people don't even feel safe. There's a State Department advisory to travel to China now. um, You know, the national security laws in China make it very difficult for due diligence firms to make sure that. Uh, you know a company that's being invested in in China is a real company um, It's now called espionage by the by the Chinese regime so it just doesn't make a lot of sense to put throw more good money after bad in China and people are are reorienting their investment to places like well to partners in Europe and the US back and forth but also into countries like uh, India Japan, Thailand, Singapore, uh, Indonesia, I think, is a good option. So there's, there's a lot of different um, you know, changes. There's, it's really a tectonic shift in the global economy um, because of what China's doing, because Xi Jinping has thrown out the old era of Deng Xiaoping being uh, buy time and hide strength. Well, that's over, and now that people are realizing that there's a threat in China, um, there's big economic changes coming.
0: Underscore, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. That's all for today's China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. If you have any feedback on the show or have something you'd like to see us cover, send us an email at ChinaInFocus@ntd.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for watching. See you soon.